Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I'm your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So if you haven't figured it out, in order to do the prep work for Fighting for the Faith, I have to watch a lot. <laughs> a lot of soul-sucking heresy. It is not, it's not a lot of fun listening to people blaspheming God's name, making stuff up, attributing to him words he hasn't spoken, twisting God's word, and all the things that go on nowadays in the great apostasy that we're in. And, uh, and, but the, as I'm preparing for the program, there's always like certain things that I see that by themselves probably don't make for an entire episode of Fighting for the Faith, but collected up, uh, they make for an interesting episode of Fighting for the Faith, and we call those though our dumpster fire episodes. So today we're going to do some dumpster diving and do put together a, a shorter dumpster uh, dumpster fire episode of Fighting for the Faith. So let me do this. I am going to whirl up my desktop, and uh, again, I got to get back to London sometime. <laughs> I don't think I can do it this year. All right, and let's do this. I'm going to pull up my web browser. And I have set aside three videos for your consideration. And the theme for this, this dumpster fire episode of Fighting for the Faith has to do with the complete lack of discernment, gullibility, and delusions that, that happen within the visible charismatic wing of the visible church of Christianity. And, and so we're at Global Awakenings uh, YouTube channel, and we're going to be hearing Jamie Galloway, and this is a segment called The Voice of the Prophet. So apparently he's a prophet. Uh, call, uh, call me underwhelmed by his prophetic prowess. And uh, he's talking about an emerging healing movement. Yeah, okay, here we go. And have a prophetic answer for what it is that God is up to. You know, I remember I was at a meeting and I, I, I was trying to practice to learn words of knowledge and I, I, I got up, it was actually at a... You were trying to practice to learn words of knowledge. How does one exactly practice that? If God is speaking to you, he's speaking to you. If he's not, he's not. I mean, how does one practice the word of knowledge? The church that I was pastoring at the time, and I was prophesying, and I was just trying to go for words of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of knowledge, and I couldn't get anything right. Which means you're a false prophet. <laughs> ah! God wasn't talking. <laughs> and with, if God's not talking, st stay silent. Don't put words in his mouth. So I, I would note here, just for instance, back to Deuteronomy 18, right? Simple, simple stuff here. This isn't rocket surgery. Um, hang on a second here. I better go with my ESV, and that requires me to change this to a little bit bigger. Okay, so in Deuteronomy 18... Prophecy regarding Jesus. Yahweh, your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your 
from among your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of Yahweh your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let not let, let me not hear again the voice of Yahweh my God, or see this great fire any more lest I die. And Yahweh said to me, they're right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command them. This is a prophecy regarding Jesus. Whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. You don't listen to Jesus? Yeah, God the Father is going to hold you accountable. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, sin of presumptuous prophecy, right? Uh, that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. If I say, and if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that Yahweh has not spoken? Pretty straightforward question. How do we know a word that God hasn't spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of Yahweh, if the word doesn't come to pass or come true, that is a word Yahweh has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. That person's a false prophet. And in the ancient theocracy of Israel, punishable by death. So here we've got the voice of the prophets and Jamie Galloway sitting there going, I was practicing the word of knowledge that I couldn't get a single thing right. And everybody in the building should be going, uh-oh, it's a false prophet. But they're, they're laughing and this is no big deal. Because in the charismatic movement, we don't take God's word seriously. We allow people to blaspheme God's holy name, to take his name in vain. And for false prophets, I mean, they only have to be right, what, like 4 to 5% of the time, you know. And that means they're a true prophet. This is nonsense. Listen again. I, I, I got up. It was actually at a church that I was pastoring at the time. And I was prophesying. And I was just trying to go for words of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of knowledge. And I couldn't get anything right. Every single word of knowledge I was giving from the stage was wrong. It's like, what's wrong with me? I was so discouraged. What's wrong with you is you're sinning against God speaking words he hasn't given you to give. At the end of it, a family came up. No longer on the microphone, just me and this family. And I'm standing there, and I hear this word in my spirit, banker, banker, banker. And I'm like, God, what are you saying? He says, banker. And so I say to this man, are you a... That's not God's voice. You've already failed the test of a true prophet of God. A banker. And he goes, No. I said, oh. and immediately these numbers come to my mind. Now I could have stopped right there and said, God, you know, I've got a bad track record at this moment. I've got it. Right. Which has already proven objectively by the biblical standards, you're a false prophet. Terrible track record at this moment. God, I can't do this. I had given words of knowledge. They were all failing, falling short. Then I tried banker. That didn't even work. So I said, look, I don't know what this is, but are these numbers your bank account? He says, yes, they are. And I said, is this how much money you have in the bank account? It was his bank account numbers. So we know that God is not speaking through this guy. So the question is, what's the spirit behind it? Okay. So coming back to, um, hang on a second here. I'm going to do a search in the ESV real quick. And I want 1 John 1, uh, 4, 1. Hang on a second. 4, 1. 
So, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Okay? So there's a spirit behind false prophecies, too. It's not the Holy Spirit. Since he's he's already failed the test of a true prophet, according to Deuteronomy 18, the question is, what's the spirit behind what he's currently describing? So, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, plural, to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Well, we know that he's not a true prophet because he's giving words that are not from God, and he's failed every test and admitted it, and basically there is no consequence. No, I'm sorry for blaspheming God's name. I No repentance on his part. The people he's preaching to think it's funny. And so the question is, what's the spirit behind him? So uh, behind this, since he was able to nail down their, the balance of a bank account and bank numbers, um, that doesn't mean God the Holy Spirit was behind this because we've already ruled God the Holy Spirit out. So what's the spirit behind it? The demonic. Yeah. This is, it's doctrines of demons, by the way, that teaches people to believe that uh, somebody can give false prophecy after false prophecy after false prophecy and still be a true prophet of God. That's a doctrine of demons. And the amount that he had in the bank account. I didn't know what to do. So I just prophesied, double it. I just prophesied God was going to double it. When in doubt, double it. When in doubt, this is embarrassingly awful. The man has no fear of God, no understanding of his word or even how a true prophet of God operates. Several prayers you must learn to pray. More, Lord. Double it and increase. Bingo. I said, God's going to double it. And he said, amen. You know, it's amazing how God just takes us by surprise and he does amazing things and he uses ordinary people to do incredible things. What's so incredible about giving false words from God? Of speaking a prophetic word of knowledge over somebody and getting it wrong. And you and I are the same. We're no different than that. We're bound for extraordinary things. And Luke 4, I think, gives us a glimpse of what it is that Jesus is doing with us today. And if I could just show you from this passage where I I feel we are as a movement in a prophetic culture, we are in a time of an outpouring of healing. What? We're in a time of an outpouring of healing because of Luke chapter 4? And I believe that God is going to merge the prophetic and healing together. (laughs) You've already proven yourself to be a false prophet. Why should I believe that God is speaking any of this nonsense? And there's going to be a revival of healing that is not just to window shop or prophesy future things, but that it would hit people's bodies. It would touch people and revive them where they're at. And that you and I are, I believe, in the middle of what it is that God wants to do when it comes to this emerging prophetic movement. It's a culture of healing being established. (laughs) False, empty words. Complete, utter nonsense. Complete and utter, this is not from God. All right, uh, number two. We're going to go back in time. We just did an episode on TB Joshua. And um, somebody in the comments sent me a link to this video. Do you all know that John and Carol are not of the uh, Toronto Blessing, went to TB Joshua's synagogue 
And, uh, and they got up and spoke glowing words. And listen to this. I mean, talk about having zero discernment and, and, and not seeing the red flags. Watch I'm this. I'm Pastor John Arnott from Toronto, Canada. And uh, we're just thrilled to be here. We're just amazed and worshiping and thanking God for all that we're seeing him doing in your midst here in Nigeria. In Canada, we need healing miracles. We have three or four people in our church who come every week in wheelchairs. We prayed for them many times. They have not gone out of those chairs. That's why we're back in Nigeria. We're saying, oh God, oh God, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so they traveled to TB Joshua's church in Nigeria, believing that the miracles that were being done there were real. But we've now know from the guy who staged them that they were all faked. Yesterday, it was our privilege to meet with your pastor, Prophet TB Joshua. Not a prophet, a wolf. He's a man of God. No, he was a man of Satan. There are many millions of Christians in the world. I don't know anywhere where you can go to see so many healings like you have here. That's because it was a flim-flam scam show. The miracles were all faked. I don't know anyone. The guy who faked them has confessed. Well, my wife and I have visited maybe 40 nations. We've, we've been to uh, Egypt. We've been to South Africa. We've been to Japan. We've been to Indonesia, Korea, Europe, many places, Germany and England. I, ha I have never seen the healing power of God such as you have here among you. <laughs> but it wasn't the healing power of God, John. It was, the, um, it was magic tricks. It was scammery. It was complete a flim-flam scam show. And that's the thing. Listen, charismatics, they'll sit there and go, you're just a cessationist. <laughs> And all that kind of nonsense. Knock it off. Okay? You don't have to be a cessationist to know that these people are legitimately deceived. And that they're deceiving people as well. And that what they're bringing to the table is not biblical Christianity, but something that they've added to it. So talk about an embarrassing thing. John Arnott giving us glowing seal of approval to uh, TB Joshua who we now know the entire time was a scammer. This one <laughs> will be the, <laughs> the last that we're going to cover in our, <clears throat> in our dumpster dive today, our dumpster fire episode. And I have not covered this woman yet, but she's now on my, you know, in my YouTube subscriptions and I'll be watching her future content. The name of the channel is called Deep Believer. Deep. How deep is, is this woman as a, a believer in Jesus Christ? You're not going to believe how deep she is as a believer. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today, our guest knows how to translate from one place to another, not by his own will, but by God. On top of that, he shows us how we are made of light and he actually saw his light. You're gonna to wanna to stick around for this. Also, he explains. Uh, do you do Gnosticism much? 
the reason I ask, um, how deep are you as a believer here? So you got a guy claiming that he, that he can translate from one place to another. He's going to teach the people during this episode on her on her channel how they can do the same. And he claims that we're made out of light. Well, you know, it's really kind of funny. I happen to know a passage of scripture that talks about what we humans are made out of. And it doesn't mention anything about us being made of light. So in the book of Genesis chapter 2, it says this starting in verse 5, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, uh, no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for Yahweh had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then Yahweh, El- Yahweh Elohim, the Lord God, formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Afar, the Hebrew word, we are made out of dust doesn't mention anything else about us being made out of light. Um, I would note then that this that her claim, and this fellow's claim, this, this, this guest of his, that um, there, there's more to it that's troubling here. The claim that we're made out of light is not true. And I would note that uh, if you go to the Gospel of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Christ, by the way, is the Word. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made, and in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, the darkness is not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to bear witness about the light. You and I are not the light. Christ is the light. We are the ones in darkness that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ is the light. We're the ones sitting in darkness. So already I just have to ask the question, how? How is it that this woman has 140,000 subscribers? How is it that this video of hers has 291,000 views? And the comment section is just full of people glowing about how wonderful this teaching is. When already in the setup, it's just complete absurdity. Again, listen, listen, listen to what she says. Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer Bagnashi with Deep Believer. Today, our guest knows how to translate from one place to another, not by his own will, but I mean, could you imagine? I mean, this would sink the entire auto industry if, if, if we could do this. You know? By God. On top of that, he shows us how we are made of light. And he actually saw his light. You're going to want to stick around for this. Also, he explains details about Adam and Eve. He met Elijah, literally. He met Elijah? <gasps> I mean, there's so much to the story. You're going to want to stick around all the way to the end for this. Bruce Allen, oh, thank you. Can't for wait. Yeah. So much for being with us today. Jennifer, it's wonderful to be with you. I've uh, I've watched your program quite a few times and always... Oh, my goodness. So this fellow claims that he's met Elijah. Let's just go forward to that part of this interview. For a generation. 
But there's going to be a generation that are going to be transfigured by faith. Jesus said, what I do, you can do, and put on immortality before the return of Messiah. So th- this is uh, the t- tail end of a discussion on this uh, this uh, arising you know Joel's army that the the Joshua generation this this nonsense within the charismatic movement that says right before the return of Christ that there's going to be a, a a generation of Christians that can operate in the supernatural so easily it's like fish in water and and the miracles that they're going to perform are going to just be out just outrageously amazing right and so he's claiming that along with that you know it, it, that generation will they'll be able to put clothe themselves with immortality and before even the resurrection of the dead. Now, where do you find it? Well, how about they're sealed? And on and on and on. Now, I haven't studied that to the extent I, I intend to. Oh, well, I, why are you, if you haven't studied it to the intent the, you know, that you intend to, why are you saying it as if this is really going to happen? But that was the direction we were going. And what God was saying is there's, a, there's an end time group of people, a remnant company of believers, that I'm going to give a victory over death itself. That has intrigued me. God hasn't said anything of the sort. You're you're putting words in God's mouth. That's not in the scripture. And cause, I mean, I'm pursuing God for this, not because I'm afraid of death, but because he doesn't spark something in you and expect you to just put it on a shelf and forget it. We're going to get into uh, translation in a few minutes, but um, you unraveled a lot. I want to talk a little bit more about you with Elijah now. So you're with... Seriously, if you believe that this man has had a face-to-face conversation with Elijah, you need to be checked into a mental facility because it's it's this is ridiculous. And I would note that, you know, this this guy's claims aside from being absurd on their face, why anyone would believe this. I mean, talk about how completely gullible in the name of believing in the the gifts of the spirit people have become. I mean, this is just nuts. With Elijah and he messes with you because he has a personality because like you and I both agree, Christianity walking with Jesus is not boring. It's fun. And Elijah laughed at you when he walked through the wall and he said you could too. And then you bumped your face into it. So <laughs> when you um, got up the faith and the imagination to walk through the wall, you mentioned to me that you got caught. Why did you get caught? And what do you mean by caught? Okay. When I finally went through the wall, I made it through the wall, but you ever had your coat caught in a door and you kind of jerk back? That that's what happened, and it sat me down again. And he was belly laughing then, and I'm like, I'm fuming a little bit, like that's not funny. And he said to me, "Let that mantle go. That second day, you're getting a new mantle for this third day." And so I said, "Fine," and I shrugged it off, and the vision, the encounter was over. Well, the first book I wrote, God sparked within me. And here's another little sentence. Every Easter we would read about it. He rose again on the third day, and when I heard third day, something went, study that. So I went from Genesis to Revelation and got prophetic insight. Second Peter 3, 8 says, A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The ancient Hebrews, even today, they teach that the first Adam was only given a 6,000-year stewardship on planet Earth, six days. God spoke to Noah and said, My spirit will not always strive with man, therefore the number of man's years will be 120. So people think, oh, I'm going to believe to live to be 120. No, if you study that, he's talking about Shemitah cycles. So 50 times 120 is 6,000 years. Notice how he's changed the subject now, and then he's just pontificating on nonsense here. Yeah, again, this shorter episode of Fighting for the Faith, our dumpster fires generally are. But the point is to basically get you all to wake up. 
I mean, seriously, the, the, the fact that there are, the charismatics in the name of continuationism allow for, not only allow for, they, they throw themselves at teachers who tell them nonsensical stories like this. And, uh, and, and they are all the rage and everyone listens. And if you, you speak against them, oh, you're speaking against the anointed. You're he's talking against God's anointed. This is absurd on its face. This is not biblical Christianity. And the way he twists the scriptures is proof positive that what he's doing is just spinning out yarns. These are tall tales. You believe in this? I should tell you about Pecos Bill riding a tornado down in Texas. You know, it, it, it's the same kind of nonsense, but this is this this should not be tolerated at all. And the people in the charismatic movement have a lot uh, to explain and a lot to be held accountable for, for putting forward wingnut wackerdoodles like this and telling us that they these, these people have wholesome words from God, when in fact, this is just complete chicanery. This is nonsense. So <laughs> feel a little bit better, you know, it's, it's a couple of loose ends that, uh, you know, that didn't quite fit into a whole episode by itself, but I thought together we'll just put a quick dumpster fire. So if you found this helpful, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And I'd like to give a shout out and a thank you for those of you who support us financially. You make it possible for us to do what we are doing here at Fighting for the Faith. If you would like to join our crew, there's a link down below that'll take you to our website so that you can join our crew and support the work that we are doing here. So until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. Amen.